0: So I, I thought I would um, quickly put together sort of a follow-up post to our last one where we answered a question uh, from uh, from a, a viewer uh, who calls themselves, uh, come to Jesus Christ. Again, I love that name. Um, but um, we talked about the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, we talked about evangelism, those kinds of things. And it struck me, maybe now is a good time to post about this. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this or not because... Um, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I'm not trying to over dramatize anything, but I do want to tell you what happened to me just a couple of nights ago, and uh, and 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 just share for a moment. Um, I had some. I had a surgery on my leg many many years ago, and it went successfully and all that. But there have been a couple of times since then, over the last uh, couple of decades, where uh, uh, an, uh, a cut or a, um, a you know. Uh, scab on my foot would come off and I begin to bleed pretty heavily. And, uh, and the couple of times that it's happened previously, I was able to deal with it very quickly and bandage it up and it would heal and you just move on. Um, however, uh, a couple nights ago, a few nights ago now, um, that happened again. And so, but I wasn't able to stop the bleeding right away. And so a pretty significant amount of blood came out and, uh, but I did eventually get it stopped. My wife and daughter jumped in and, and, uh, you know, we got it dealt with and everything uh, well enough where I just thought, okay, well, here, just another episode. It's done. Well, about six, you know, just, but, but to be safe, I uh, taped it up really good and I kind of uh, wrapped it up so that, it, you know, if it started to bleed overnight, it wouldn't bleed on the bed or anything like that. Well, I woke up in the morning and realized that I'd bled right through the bandaging and the sock and the, the plastic I'd put around it and all that. And it, it was bleeding very, very heavily. And so I went back into the washroom and started to deal with it again, but I couldn't really get it to stop. And so it got to a point where I, at that point, had lost more blood than I had the night before and uh, started to get a little lightheaded. So uh, we decided better go into the, you know, to the medical center uh, up the road and and uh, have it looked at. And so we did. We got down there and, and um, as uh, you know, I asked my wife to drop me off the door so she could go park and I would just go run in and all that kind of thing rather than walking in from the parking lot and all. So uh, as I made my way to the desk to check in, and I'm standing at the desk ready to sign in, I got lightheaded and, and began to pass out. And uh, my wife happened to walk up at that point, and there's a wheelchair right there. So got in it. They brought me to the room and and uh, got me up on a bed, and they took a look at it. And of course, when they cut the sock off and everything was just drenched in blood, it just looked, you know, I tried to warn them about it, said it's going to be really messy and the whole nine yards. And so they uh, took a look at it. Doctor came in, correctly bandaged it up and everything, and and um, and um so as i'm sitting there after all this is done and talking to my wife who's there with me and um as we're talking about it i i just you know it occurred to me that i i wasn't really concerned about it during much of the whole thing and was able to stay pretty calm about it and and was able to kind of explain to my wife and daughter what i needed and 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 you know able to get myself down to the car and we were able to kind of just calmly move through this thing um, and, uh, and here's where, again, I don't want to make this sound over dramatic. Uh, it was it was a bigger deal than it ever had previously been. And, and as it turned out, uh, and I'm no doctor, but but going online to kind of get a sense of, you know, based on the symptoms I had been experiencing, how much blood I might have lost, it looked like it could have been somewhere a little over 10%, maybe 15%. So that's not enough to die or anything like that. And, and at no point did I think I was going to. So again, I'm, I'm not trying to make a bigger thing of it than it was. But in the course of it, and especially as I was talking to my wife about it, sitting there waiting for, you know, just, you know, time to pass and this thing to get resolved. um, You know, it occurred to me that that I was able to stay pretty calm throughout it, and I began to think about why. And it occurred to me that that I wasn't worried that even if it had gone farther to the point where it could have become legitimately life-threatening... Uh, it occurred to me that I I just, I knew where I was going if something did go wrong. If for some reason they couldn't stop the bleeding and there was just no reason, uh, it just wasn't going to stop. It, it just, it dawned on me that, you know, this, I know where I'm going. Um, now, again, it wasn't a near-death experience. I wasn't like on the cusp of going, but it was a worse situation than I generally had experienced. And it was enough to get me thinking about it a little bit. And I was reminded of the passage that, um, in uh, 1 John, and I wanted to read it here in concert with this. 1 John 5 13, these things I have written to you, these things in this letter, um, all about encouraging them in their faith and knowing their place in Christ and all of this. He says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. In other words, encouraging them. Actually, some of the early passages um, don't include the rest of that verse, but even if they are original, the idea here is just encouraging them to stand in that which they know to be true. In other words, we're writing to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may have the confidence and understand that you belong to him, that you are in Christ. And this is what the letter has been about up to this point. And so in summation, he's saying we're writing this for this reason, that you would have confidence in knowing who you belong to. Uh you know when when i when someone myself or anyone else says i know where i'm going when i die i have absolute assurance that i will stand in the presence of god when i die i won't have to be afraid or ashamed or worrying that in that moment he's going to just sort of blast me away into hell or some kind of thing like this but rather instead it will be a joyous greatest relief imaginable kind of a situation to walk into the presence of god to open my eyes in eternity in the arms of christ in the presence of the father um, and, and to know that that's the way it's going to be. Uh, and people would hear that and say, or might hear that, you might be listening or watching this now, saying, well, that just sounds really arrogant. I don't know if I'm comfortable saying that kind of thing. Uh, or maybe you just flat out think that's just really cocky thing to say. Uh, well, the reason it's not is because I understand why it's true. Uh, it's not true because I was a good person, it's not true because I did some amazing feat of faith. You know, I passed a test of faith and therefore I'm worthy now to stand in the presence of God. There's there's actually nothing resembling that. There's no reason that fits into that category at all. That is where my hope and peace is found. But rather instead, it's completely based on what Jesus did for me. The finished work of Christ on the cross, his burial, his resurrection. The fact that he who knew no sin became sin on my behalf at the cross. Christ is who is in view here, the one who took my sin upon himself at the cross and who made me the righteousness of God in him. Um, it is he who, and John says this earlier in the same letter, that he is our propitiation. Jesus himself is the one who stands as the one who satisfies the righteous indignation and anger of God against sin. Uh, and he did that and took that that holy gaze uh, upon my unholiness, off of me, and took it upon himself in my stead. It was to- it would be totally fair and right for God to send me away forever. It's I, I, you know, at this point I can say I've been a Christian longer than I haven't been a Christian, but that doesn't mean that the stuff I did before is somehow just okay and no big deal. Like I've done enough now that sort of overrode all the other stuff. There's there would never be a point at which I could say I did that. And there never would be. There never could be. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glo- glory of God. We're, we're spoken of as having been born in iniquity. We're, we're literally born in sin. We're, we're, we start the whole race from a losing position and have no chance of overcoming that. And so it's always, has been, it is, and it always will be because of what Jesus did. And it is by simply trusting in him and what he accomplished that my entire hope is based upon. And so if I died recording this post, if I had a heart attack right now and passed away, I I would not have to be afraid as I was watching the world black out around me. I would not have to wonder what's next. I mean, it might be, obviously it's going to be grander and more beautiful than I even imagine it right now, but I wouldn't have to wonder where I was going or if there was some reason to be afraid because I know in whom i believed and that which has been accomplished, is done. It is truly finished. It is paid in full. And so, again, just this is a brief just few minutes talking about this because, again, and, and not to over-dramatize it, it again, I, at no point did I actually think I was going to die. It just occurred to me that you could die this way if it doesn't wasn't dealt with. but But I wasn't really in fear I was going to die in that moment. But I did notice that as this whole thing was going on, I wasn't afraid during it. There was no fear of what might be next and that kind of thing. And it just made me grateful, made me very, very thankful to know that the one whom I've put my trust in is the constant that I can hope in, not only in life, but in all eternity. And I'm so grateful to be able to talk about him that way, to be able to talk about my eternity that way, not because of what I've done, but entirely because of what he has done. I'm completely at his mercy and in his hands and I'm gladly and thankfully so. And so, I guess I just share that just in a few moments again, just in in the hope that if you are someone who wrestles with your eternity, if you've put your trust in Christ, if you, you know, even as uh, we talked about, I think in the last post, we mentioned Acts chapter 2, the idea of the gospel and believing in it, you know, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved in this, you know, and and Paul would put it very uh, uh, plainly, he said, if you uh, confess with your mouth, Christ is Lord, and you believe that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? Do you believe Jesus is alive? And by the way, it's not just the Father, but the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all were actively involved in the resurrection of Christ. Um, if you believe your debt was paid by the person of Christ, God in the flesh, who came into the world to pay for that debt, and you believe that he rose from the dead, there you go. It's, uh, the gospel is not complicated. It's actually quite simple. The most, the most difficult part of the gospel is that it grates against our pride and our sense of earning things, our sense of self-worth and all of that kind of thing. That becomes the biggest obstacle to belief, uh, in my opinion. Um, it's not logic or reason or answers or tough questions or anything like that. Those things all can be answered and dealt with and spoken to. Really, it becomes our pride that's the biggest issue. And, sometimes unfortunately even for those who are believers there is this sense that i'm still not good enough i still don't measure up enough it's kind of like the guy who came up to the pastor and and was all worked up and he said pastor help me to believe that i'm nothing And the pastor said you are nothing take it by faith you know the truth is, is that we don't bring anything to the table we're not good enough we never could be we never will be but that's why the gospel is so beautiful. That's why grace is grace. It's God's unmerited favor, ultimately accomplished through the, the, the finished work of Christ that is now appropriated by faith. And if you believe, then you can have confidence in knowing that you belong to him, and he will ultimately hold on to you until that day. Nothing will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, even yourself. And so, uh, again, I just share this with the hope that if any struggle, wrestle with this. that uh, that you'll find confidence and peace, not in yourself. God forbid you should ever have any sense of self-reliance, but rather you'd find that peace and that rest and the knowledge that because you belong to him, you're secure, you're safe. And so walk in that grace. Live your life for him in response to what he's done, but never rest your salvation upon your own efforts and your own works. It'll never accomplish it. It's always, always, always the finished work of Christ. Father, we thank you for the peace and the simplicity of the gospel. We thank you that it is all of Christ. It is all because of his finished work and it's all because of your love that so demonstrated itself through your giving of your son that if anyone would believe in him, they'd not perish but have everlasting life. We thank you that we can rest in the knowledge that once we come to belief, we're yours forever and nothing will change that. Nothing will separate us from you. So, Father, I pray for any who are wrestling with this right now, that, Lord, they would experience your peace. Never arrogant, never cocky, but thankful, grateful, that like invited guests, we've been invited to come before the throne of grace. We have access to the Father. We have access to the throne room. We can come beyond the veil, and we can die in the hope and knowledge, the living hope, the assured hope, that we will wake up in your presence. Father, we thank you and bless you for that, and pray that that would affect the way that we think about our lives now, the way we uh, find rest and peace in our relationship with you. Uh, Lord, all of these things, all wrapped up in the beauty of our living hope in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you and thank you. And um, just lift up our hands in praise. In Jesus' name, amen.